Keep up to date with the latest WSL action and the biggest interviews. You'd be delighted, Karen, if you just had Katie doing full-on attack. On. Oh, this, is, this is the best team I've seen in weeks. Get her up there. <laughs> Subscribe to the Koi Gig podcast stream on the OTB Sports app now. The News Round on Off The Ball with Gilles. Put your best face forward with our new and improved razors. All right, you're welcome along to Wednesday's Off The Ball. Almost said Thursday, but I've been allowed in of a Wednesday. Nathan with you until 10 o'clock. we got a packed show ahead. Wednesday night rugby coming up from 8 o'clock. Uh, there is plenty of rugby on this weekend, but we're going to be talking a lot about Johan van Graan's departure from Munster. Turns out he had actually signed a contract, but had a break clause, which allows him to leave for Bath. And we'll also be talking about the civil war within uh, the women's rugby setup at the moment. Fiona Hayes and Keith Wood coming your way after 8 o'clock. Half past 7, we're going to be talking to Patrick. Harding, who you may recognise from Drive to Survive. He made a fleeting appearance in that. He is the performance coach with Alex Albon, has been very much involved around Red Bull over the last couple of years and now Alex Albon going to be back into Formula 1 next season with Williams so he's at a front row seat to the resurgence and the revitalisation around Formula 1. So we're going to check in with him at half past seven. And lots of football on this evening. COVID impacting the games once again. Uh, Watford Burnley is off. But there's plenty of Irish interest this evening. Aaron Connolly back in the Brighton side. And Evan Ferguson, 17 years of age, is in the Brighton squad as well. Three Premier League games to keep an eye on throughout the football show. We're also going to be reflecting on the career of Sergio Aguero, who announced his retirement today. And also looking at what the heck is going on at Leeds United after 7-0 thumping last night 53106 is the text number add off the ball if you want to get in touch on Twitter Richie McCormick with us as always evening Richie Nathan how are you and making his debut on the news round Arthur O'D is with us yeah this is what the bottom of the barrel looks like (laughs) is this going to be Michael Owen against Wimbledon debut or is this going to be Jonathan Woodgate at Real Madrid type debut Oof, I don't remember the first what no Michael (laughs) Owen Kenny Cunningham is statuesque and Michael Owen just breezes past him and about five minutes into his debut scores and everyone goes wow wonder kid goes on has a great career European footballer of the year I'm <laughs> familiar know, with his work but I'm familiar with his work you know Jonathan Woodgate's one I though. remember that yeah god that was terrible Jonathan Woodgate had missed the entire first season <laughs> through injury hadn't played at all eventually comes on scores an own goal after ten minutes and they get sent off in the hour mark yeah it was fantastic time that was a very exciting time all in that just that that peak of that Leeds team he's in mm. and then that little bit after it all starts falling apart in a clown car fashion <laughs> like it's just but the fact that that kind of spread of people where they're all ended up you think like Ferdinand goes one direction Wilgo goes one direction Danny Mills goes his direction it's just it's a good it's a very interesting club all in speaking of tonight that, again I think oh. there's a book about that actually out now about the O'Leary era it's either on the way out or it has come out in time for uh, the Christmas but like it's a like as Arthur says, like that Leeds era, as short as it was, is utterly fascinating. More so for just how quickly it crumbled. Like there's there's there's, there's like a, a million lessons to be learned from how Peter Isdale ran that club for that particular period of time. Um, but just like, like wh- wh- why like David O'Leary's managerial career, which seemed to be just skyrocketing at pace, again along with the fortunes of the club, just completely fell down. Mostly, you know, well partially anyway. Uh, down to his own doing in that book that he released. But yeah, just a, a, a remarkable case study, I think, is a... It's as close as we've come to a sort of English football version of the Galacticos, where they managed to buy all these... They, they were a, like the childlike version of the Galacticos, where they managed to identify all these brilliant, young 21, 22, 23-year-olds, bought them all, and just set them loose on the world. Like They got to a Champions League semi-final. Yeah. 
It was and probably deserved to go to the final. With like probably Irish players right there in the middle of it. Yeah. I keep every so often we used to do games with Steve McFenn, you kind of forget like this guy was right there. Maybe the most technically gifted midfielder in English football. Up there with Paul's goals at the time. That's how good this guy was. And we just didn't fully appreciate it. For some reason I just didn't fully appreciate it. No, and you had the likes obviously of Ian Hart. Mm-hmm. Gary Kelly's still in the thick of it, although between him and Mills. I mean, that whole team. And then you even forget the little time after that when. So Robbie Keane comes in shortly after. You have Robbie Fowler there. Like, I remember kind of his his flame burned a little bright and burned out again, but Michael Bridges. Oh, before Michael him. Bridges. Michael Bridges was oh, a fantastic season. player. Yeah. Alan there Smith is, at his peak. Yeah. Yeah. Boyer. There's a, there's a cohort, there's, a, there's an age group of people who kind of, when Michael Bridges' name comes up, kind of go a bit dewy eyed and think about what a player he was and what a player he could have been if injuries hadn't taken their toll because he was the, the word I guess he'd use for Bridges was classy he was the type of player that English football at the time didn't really have a great reputation for producing like a Teddy Sheringham would probably be a similar kind of a player but his touch on the ball his ability to to go past players and to ping the ball over the heads of goalkeepers was was unparalleled it was his height wasn't it that made Michael Bridge classy like he was he was a big man, but but he wasn't quite tall enough to have the good touch for a big man. He was just that right side, but he was great in the air. Rangy. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we should do a proper deep dive, uh, maybe with some of those Irish players, into that Leeds era. We'll, we'll, we'll mention it to Adam Pope. He's coming up later on to talk about this current Leeds side. Uh, but So you're not going for the Jonathan Woodgate angle. You're more... <sighs> no, I hope not. I mean, I presume Jonathan Woodgate didn't go for the Jonathan Woodgate. I mean, it can happen. <laughs> like, what? So far, so good. So, um, it's award season. We were looking outside, which, what do we talk about? And you find yourself looking at uh, Sports Personality of the Year awards, and I'm sure we could do a quick quiz, Richie, and you'd be able to name most of them off. Uh, there's many shocking things when you start looking into these. Give yeah. me a Gaelic footballer who's won the RTE Sports Person of the Year. Oh, Lord. I'll stop um, you right there, Richie, because no. not one has ever won it. I was Not a single Gaelic Duke, footballer Duke, has ever yeah. won the RTE Sports Person the of the Year. Canavan would have been up there. Yeah, I would never presume the Dub would have won it because you know wow. public uh, vote. They don't like the Dubs, of course, out in Montrose. Um, but yeah, I don't, like yeah, I, it's 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 difficult to make a case for at one stage or another, uh, Colm Cooper or Peter Canavan not being one of the best sports people of their particular year, given their performances. Because well, 05 and 06, right Sean Ogue and Henry Shefflin won it. But then you see you're into Harrington, okay. back-to-back majors, 07 and 08. Hard to go against that. Bod wins it in 09 with the Grand Slam. G-Mac and Rory, more Grand Slams. Then you're into Katie in 2012. Yeah. Tony uh, McCoy, see? McElroy. There's a strange period where you go Michael Conlon, Conor McGregor, James McLean. And then you're into Sexton, Lowry, Katie Taylor. So, I don't know. Are, are we missing a... Like, should yeah. Andy Moore not have got that? <laughs> See, the, the people you can immediately discount there are the golfists because all they've done is perform well over four days. They've not put in the hard graft of oh. a solid year's work on their CV. They've had a good week at, think, think you know, you'll the find Open that Carrington won the US Irish Open, Open in uh, 2007 as well. So, he won the Irish Open and the Open. And then, in, yeah. and then in 080 won the so, Open so he, and the USPGA. So, 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 so he, he managed won, to get eight days out of it. Yeah. Well, so done, he won, well done, Potterick. He won the Irish Open. The, the Irish Open isn't a top-tier tournament, nor was it then anymore. It's just a tournament. Um, yeah, like, it, 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 I think Gaelic football probably got a raw deal in the mid-2000s. Like, that are my team as well, the early 90s as well. There's surely a couple of contenders probably deserve to come out of that too. 
Uh, the BBC one is always a weird one because, well, football is sort of the Gaelic football in that footballers rarely if ever win it. And they re- never win it for footballing ability. It's always for a sort of lifetime achievement type thing with Ryan Giggs getting it or oh. some other reason. Uh, athletics has won it 18 times. Football has won it five times. I Proper there, order. The, yeah, and you're talking about special things. I like So 66 seems to be the first with Bobby Moore, okay. which is fine. Well, you can kind of, one World Cup. you got to grant that. And you kind of... She was just going through and through and through. But it doesn't seem to again come to the fore again until Gascoigne in 90. They did start in um, in strange fashion. 1954, <laughs> the first BBC yeah. Sports Personality of the Year. 1954, Roger Bannister. Apparently he did yeah, something uh, sure. pretty special. Second. <laughs> Second. Who will ever forget Christopher Chataway, one-time conservative politician. He was also to one go of... Win it. Bannister's pace setters who won gold at the Vancouver Commonwealth Games over three miles <laughs> see Nathan they loved, they loved the Commonwealth Games back then you see they loved the Commonwealth Games back then they love an equestrian winner as well in sports personality of the year didn't like Zara Princess Phillips. Anne Zara Phil- yeah, and Zara they, Phillips have both won it <laughs> that's, so, that's so Richie solid, that's who are you going for this year for the Irish so eight nominees, as has been well advertised, right. um, six female athletes. So we have Keen Lynch, mm-hmm. Ellen Keane, mm-hmm. Jason Smith, Katie Taylor, Kelly Harrington, Leona Maguire, Rachel Blackmore, or Vicky Wall. Where's Paul O'Donovan on this well, list? I just don't understand this. <laughs> why, why couldn't you have nine people on the list? Why? Why? Like the lack of Paul O'Donovan is just like a head scratcher. I, do, I, like, I, I sort of, I have always assumed if you got an Olympic gold medal, you were going to get on the shortlist. Yeah. You're a lock, yeah. That's just, that's a slap in the face. And I think Skipperine should secede from the country as a result. Um, because they, they've enough cause to go out on their own and, and forge their own successes without us. Um, because that's just, uh, that's egregious. That that should not happen. Like a gold medalist at an Olympic Games when we've got about, like, you know, five of them ever uh, not being included on a you know, granted, it's a meaningless list anyway. Well, but not being included on the on the sports personality list. Just spent eleven bizarre. minutes talking about it, Richie. It's not that meaningless. Yeah, what you're saying is we're not going to turn up at the awards ceremony and protest yet again, Richie. Yet again. Well, uh, we, uh, well, uh, I'm just saying we we don't run the thing, Nathan, so we don't necessarily well, exactly, have to exactly, give that exactly, too much care about. Exactly, uh, Arthur, you're in the hot take seat. Like that's part of your job is you come in and you know you've got outlandish. In here, yeah, when you're sitting in that seat, <laughs> so you've got to come out. You're you're the only one who's going to make the prediction. So who who are you picking there, and that's, why? That right there, that's your Jonathan Woodgate territory. That's stepping right well, into who it. You, who, you, who's, who would who's, I pick? Yeah, I'd probably pick Rachel Blackmore. So what have you got against Keane Lynch, Ellen Keane? I've got nothing why, against... Why, you don't think their achievements were great? <laughs> the greatest? No. I think in the last year, I think in terms of just... If you're going strictly, in terms of what someone's achieved and the, the depth of talent you're up against. Again, I don't know all the idiosyncrasies of horse racing. I'll grant you that. But it seems like something was quite, quite remarkable, like... The fact as well, she's up for the UK or the BBC international one. She, she I mean, is. a pretty high up chance of winning that. I, I don't think it, it would seem crazy to win that and not win your own. Okay, surely it's, it's, yeah. that's fair. Poor old Kelly Harrington not getting a look in. They are strange. The uh, sports person of the year has gone downhill dramatically over the last few years. Maybe it's because we've too many channels, Richie. Maybe it's the that, BBC one. Maybe it's that old nostalgia of the Sunday before Christmas, sitting down. 
You yeah. get to watch absolutely everything. It's a little yeah. bit like a question of sport. Have you watched a question of sport lately? No, I, no, I don't think I've watched a question of sport since Ian Botham uh, left. Oh. No, I, no I, tell, <laughs> I, tell, I tell a lie. I, I probably haven't watched it since the Parrot McCoist tandem days. That was good oh, stuff. Those I, were the I wasn't a regular days. viewer. I wasn't a regular viewer at that stage, but I did enjoy it. Question well, of sport was, was the first thing that my dad used to get me up out of bed for back in the day. Well, it was on Beaumont, the morning, the repeat. No, when Beaumont and Botham were the team captains, I used to be in bed like, you know, as a nipper early. Uh, my mom would be out and dad would go, come on, it's on. And come downstairs and I'd be answering questions about Ed Moses and uh, Steve Backley and all these kind of people. But yeah, um, like it's not it's not good. Sport, I don't want to, I'm just going to sound old when I say this. But if you look back, and there are a few, YouTube is a goldmine for this stuff. If you look back on when Sports Personality of the Year was the Sports Review of the Year, and it literally went through what had happened via various video packages and then, you know, little bits of personality pieces. It didn't become this, you know, extension of the one show, which is what it's become now wow. with, you know, Gary Lineker and Sue Barker making, you know, really awful quips. Um, it's, yeah, and it's just like about, the one show. Some people, some people <laughs> don't watch this show because they like the one show so much. I even turned on the other night and Ronan Keating was presenting. He's always, him and Alex Scott are pre presenting the one show, like constantly. What's happened in the world that, that, that that's occurred? Like, it, it, it's bizarre. Uh, well, Paddy McGuinness is presenting Question of Sport. Really? Paddy McGuinness. Yeah. I started watching it last year again because it's perfect Friday night entertainment for the kids. And then, uh, yeah, they changed it all and they've gone down the light entertainment route. That man never stops. He does, he does never stop, but I'd say the money is good. So, yeah. Uh, Surely the technology exists that they can, you know, we know holograms. Look at the tour that's going to take place in one venue over in London. Surely the technology is there for the BBC to have a hologram of David Coleman and then just perpetually have Botham and Bill Beaumont uh, flanking him in pastel V-necks until the day this earth collides into an asteroid. So you're like thinking that, the that Elvis be... style tour. Oh, okay. 100%. Just, uh, uh, um, and just have, just have uh, Coleman there until pretty much until this earth expires because that's the way certain things should be in place forever. David Coleman should always be presenting questions for it. That's just a fact. Let's get into the news round, which as always is brought to you by Gillette. Put your best face forward with our new and improved razors. <laughs> 53106 is the text number. If you have uh, any opinions on anything we've discussed on tonight's show, fair to say, Joe Malloy won't be allowed to take Wednesday off again. Richie. <laughs> Wait until tomorrow happens, Dave. Uh, tomorrow yeah, we happens. begin with the ex yeah, we begin with the exhuming of David Coleman. Um, no, I'm joking. Uh, tonight's meeting of Burnley and Watford is the latest Premier League game to fall victim to COVID-19. Watford say they have insufficient first-team players available to fulfil that fixture at Turf Moor due to an outbreak among the Hornet squad. Three games do survive. Pick of the bunch sees fourth-place West Ham go to sixth-place Arsenal. Uh, Armstrong Okaflex, the underage Republic of Ireland international, is on the bench for the Hammers in that one. Uh, the door opening for a bunch of young Ireland players tonight uh, due to COVID and due to injuries and the increased uh, workload around the festive period. Crystal Palace looking to follow up last weekend's win over Everton. They have Southampton visiting Selhurst Park. Will Smallbone starts for Southampton tonight, uh, so great opportunity for him. Aaron Connolly, as you mentioned at the top of the show, getting his first league start of the season for Brighton. They're without a win in their last 10 games ahead of tonight's visit of Wolves. And Evan Ferguson, the 17-year-old former Bohemians player, a Republic of Ireland under-21 international 
is on the bench for Brighton tonight. Uh, staying with matters COVID, Jurgen Klopp says player vaccination is a matter of solidarity. The Liverpool manager says all of those at his club eligible for a booster have either got one already or will do once cleared to do so. Klopp was asked today if vaccination status would inform their transfer activity in January. I don't know. Whatever, who knows where we will be, uh, whether in which um, situation the world will be when we start signing players again, um, all these kind of things. But it's not important in the moment. It's important in the moment. It's important, and I think that's just a. It's a the, the whole thing, the whole the whole vaccination thing is a, is a, for me a, a massive. It's a question of solidarity, um, loyalty, and togetherness, uh, and we have all the chance to help not only ourselves but other people as well by getting vaccinated and I think there are no two possible answers there's only one answer so you do it and that's how I understand it and um, yeah but that's how is that we have it's not only the squad everybody who's working here at at, at the AXA training ground is um, at least double vaccinated and um, will be will get a booster as soon as possible for him or her yeah, uh, wise words as ever from Jurgen Klopp. Um, so Liverpool not affected at the moment, but that game off tonight, so second game of the week, and you just expect uh, that this is going to be a constant issue over the next few weeks for the Premier League. But uh, from an Irish point of view, Richie, it is providing some opportunities. Evan Ferguson was, what, 14 when he made his Bulls debut? They got a lot of stick yeah. for it at the time. Three years on, he's on the bench in the Premier League. That's yeah, it's incredible stuff. The 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 pelters that were given to him because he wasn't apparently of age. Um, what he was, you know, built like a an, a, an adult at the time, and he's only increased in uh, mass and strength, and has been performing for the under twenty threes for Brighton so far this season. He won their goal of the month competition there recently too. Um, has performed well, like so well that he's pretty much skipped a couple of age grades, uh, for Ireland and is already playing under twenty one football at the age of of seventeen. Touchwood like. We hate to get carried away with with players at that age because who knows what the next three four years like Michael well, Bridges I get I guess is your case in point. Well, I was going to say he doesn't even need to look too far. He just needs to look yeah. out on the pitch tonight. And the man who's starting <laughs> up front in Aaron Connolly yeah. as to you can be up on top very quickly and it can get away from you. So uh, hopefully this is the start of Aaron Connolly getting back in and a bit of form for Brighton and hopefully Evan Ferguson gets a chance as well. Is there a few quid in it for Bowles if he gets a chance? Uh, I would presume, given the the nature of these contracts, the last while. I mean, Matt Doherty's uh, deal when he went over the Wolves kind of speaks for itself, and that's when then the when the club is in a very different place um, in terms of its business outlook. And now things are a little bit more savvy, and I would hope, from a Bose perspective, that they have got a, a couple of clauses in that contract regarding Evan Ferguson's future and and, and how it might relate to to Bose finances. But yeah, like reg- regardless, for a seventeen year old Irish player to be on the bench in a Premier League game um, in the middle of the season is is a great uh, endorsement. Armstrong Okaflex as well, I think we have to have a mention of too because you know, although he doesn't have the League of Ireland connection, he's played at Celtic already. He's down uh, playing for West Ham now. He's performed brilliantly for their under-23 so far too. Had a hat-trick on the opening day of the season against Arsenal for them and could be, yet again, another striking option for, uh, I guess, for, for, uh, for, for Jim Crawford firstly, but then again for Stephen Kenny in a couple of years' time. Yeah, and just another one who has come through that St. Kevin Boys conveyor belt um, to get very close to the very top, so hopefully he gets a chance as well. I used to record Question Sport on VHS with my dad. Watch it first, get the answers, then watch the recorded version. <laughs> my dad was astounded at my sporting knowledge, says Dave in Wexford. <clears throat> oh, man. Jeez. Do you know what? I think I have the board game somewhere. I don't know if it's in this house or... God, yeah, it's around somewhere, but there's there was a question sport board game that I got for Christmas when I was about ten, and I think I have it here somewhere. I must bring it in, see if we can have a game, see if the get see if the questions hold up. 
There's there's a YouTube special for you, Nathan, over the festive period. Cannot wait. Um, I need to cough. You all right <laughs> there? Cough. Badly. Uh, Richie, take over. Oh, God. Uh, Jack Chambers <laughs> says both he and Minister for Sport, Catherine Martin, hope to meet with representatives of the Ireland women's rugby team next week. The Minister of State for Sport told an Oireachtas committee today that Sport Ireland will also be meeting with the players prior to Christmas. 62 current and former players wrote to the ministers this week, claiming the IRFU has shown untrustworthy leadership. And Minister Chambers says he's disappointed with how the union responded on Monday. I was disappointed with the uh, with some of the remarks made in the statement uh, from the IRFU, I think it could have been more uh, conciliatory uh, in its approach. And I'll certainly reflect that uh, when I meet them. I think we need to be solution focused. We need to have a constructive pathway that deals with the issues raised by the players. Uh, and uh, and that's what I'm focused on doing now. So I'll engage uh, with with all parties. We've obviously involved Sport Ireland, who play an important role here in, in terms of providing a solution and are, have a lot of expertise in, around resolving difficulties between and within sporting organisations. Apologies if I'm just coughing on air. Um, this, this, I'm putting you in the Jonathan Muget scenario where well, you're I'm in <laughs> for two minutes. I'm like, now you got to present the entire show that collapse <laughs> on air. Well, I'm just trying to figure out who would have been left as his defensive partner. Is it still Ramos at that stage? Is he there in 2000? Oh, eight, I'm, sure, I'm sure he is. Uh, Gavin has been in touch He saw Michael Bridges play for Sydney In the 07-08 season In the same side as Janinho wow. Bridges is now managing in the Australian lower leagues Which really feels about right Doesn't surprise me Yeah that's It, it is a shame I grew up That's funny one I'm a best mate growing up Avid, avid, avid Leeds United fan So there's so much in my mind That team And right. it's just It's there Everything about it And it was That before having Sky Sports Going down to watch the United Leeds games there it was hostile <laughs> hostile environment in, in Sligo oh, in Sligo yeah yeah really and were, were you on the days. United side I was I was but I'd imagine you had plenty of allies whereas the Leeds fan was entering dangerous territory no you had, it was like an away trip oh really it was just going in solo wow but um, tough stuff but yeah they were, it was just, but they were such great games they were so fiery mm. and do you remember there was that documentary made I think after the treble was won where it was beyond the promised land and like your man um, the guy who went to Peter Kenyon in it and all these kind of things that really is the thing it's almost visualising the club as it goes to what it becomes in terms of the merchandising behemoth Yeah. but there was a great thing in that where they're just oh, there's something of sitting around with Gary Neville particularly then I mean just back in 2000 talking about Leeds just talking about Leeds and there's great clips of the Leeds fans coming in and just that chip on the shoulder already at United and it's just there's a an edge to it that's fantastic that really I really seem to capture it certainly how it felt uh, Keith Wood and Fiona Hayes are coming up after 8 o'clock so we're going to talk about um, the government reaction to that letter from the Irish women's rugby team we're also going to talk about Johan van Gran and this has got stra- stranger and more bizarre Richie over the last sort of mm. 24 hours as um, more details have emerged of what's actually happened yeah, Bath today confirmed, first of all, that Van Graan will join them as head coach in the summer. The South African, as we found out yesterday, is leaving Munster at the end of this season and says it was emotional informing the players of his decision. But it was reported last night that Van Graan exercised a break clause having signed a two-year extension at Munster. He'd claimed in a statement yesterday to have cut off contract talks. And the Irish independence, Keen Tracy, told OTB AM this morning that that's not a great reflection of Van Graan. Um, I think like Van Gran is really well liked by the squad, and that was one thing that people had said about him before he came in. He was best man. He was best man at a couple of Springbok weddings and things like that. I think 
his man management and even I think back to how he managed the sort of the Joey Carberry situation when he was coming back from injury is second to none but like you look at his record and if we're being honest and we take the emotion out of it it doesn't look great that a guy who hasn't been able to deliver silverware has essentially turned his back and changed his mind on Munster um, I mean in hindsight Munster maybe would have preferred to got out in front and said look your contract's up at the end of the season thanks very much for everything you've done we're yeah. going to move in a different direction but that, and that's a little bit damning I think because Munster wants it to continue on this uh, trajectory which goes back to one of my initial points like I think there could be this could be a blessing in disguise I agree with you I, I uh, Johan van Grand it's been grand right it's mm. been it's been fine I like the when you when you talk about the good base to build on like he had a good base to build on Razzie had actually set, steadied the ship a lot and and had made it a more attractive job. Like, Razzie was one of the big names in world rugby and we all knew he was going to go to South Africa if they came calling because that's where his heart was. And like that was the right thing for him to do. With this, it was like a completely unproven, brand new coach cutting their teeth. You know, Off the Ball celebrates its 20th anniversary in a few months and I think that may be Jerry Gilroy's finest moment. <laughs> Johan <laughs> van Grand. He's got a future as a sub-editor, that lad. Uh, perfection so uh, you can watch back Keen Tracy on the OTP Sports app and we're going to be talking about it with Keith Wood and Fiona Hayes after 8 o'clock Arthur I think was more Michael Owen you can go watch Michael Owen it certainly wasn't Jonathan Woodgate no no I checked that out Pavon was his defensive partner alright well you can blame it on him I'm the Pavon of this scenario I've brought you down with me and Richie thank you as always nice one so time for the cash machine all you need for Christmas News Talk's Christmas Cash Machine Oh, get in there oh, Thank you Oh my God, I can't believe it Your chance to win big So Chris Dowling won over €15,000 in the Christmas Cash Machine today and we've now reloaded the machine with €10,368.25 up for grabs to give him a chance of winning, text the word PLAY to 57599. Get your entry in by 3 o'clock tomorrow, then across the Go Loud networks of stations. Barry Dunn will make the call. If your phone rings, answer it within five rings. Tell him the exact amount in euro and cent, and we'll pay all that cash into your bank account. So remember the amount, 10,368 euro, 25 cent. Text PLAY to 57599, over 18s only. Text cost 250, terms and conditions on newstalk.com. So busy evening in the Premier League will keep you up to date with that throughout the show. But up next, we're going back to the Formula One. The News Round on Off The Ball with Gillette. Put your best face forward with our new and improved razors.